Welcome to the Unscripted Podcast. My name is Corby LaCroix, and the song you're hearing right now is called Great and Mighty One, available on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your music. But for now, recording from the Unscripted Studio at the Junction in Old Hilliard, here's your host and my friend, Aaron Conrad. Great Redeemer, God of grace. All right, everybody, welcome to the uh, uh, Unscripted podcast, Unscripted one-on-one with uh, my guy, Kurt Harding, today. Um, so I, I, it is unscripted, but as I just told him, uh, some of you are going to see this on video. Some of you might be listening to the podcast, um, but uh, it is unscripted. But honestly, I needed a teleprompter today because, and honestly, it may take 30 minutes for me to introduce Mr. Harding because he's got so many um, things. So let me let me run through this real quick before I turn it over to you and then you can introduce yourself. But so he is a writer, speaker, storyteller, author, reporter, producer, publicist, 80s music fan, Huey Lewis fan, yes. husband, girl dad to twins. Did I get yes. it all? You got it all. You got all, right. it all. all right. Well, let me introduce, yeah. let me turn it over to you and let, let you introduce yourself to the audience. Well, great. Um, yeah, first of all, thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, this is this is awesome. I've known Aaron for a long time, and he's uh, he's the coolest dude ever. Uh, I think I liked you about probably thirty-seven seconds after I met you. So <laughs> that's awesome. But I think you covered it all. As long as you got the girls in there and uh, Huey Lewis. I mean, what else is there? That's honestly really. And we'll get to eighties music at the end. I, I plan on that. We'll rip it up at the end on some 80s music. But um, no, I, uh, you know, true fact, we came within a minute of moving to, to Nashville, as you know, uh, mm-hmm. a phone call away. Uh, we were so close to moving to Nashville. And it's funny because I just wrapped up another call with somebody and we came within a minute of moving to Charlotte. So we've got this whole moving <laughs> thing going on, but yet wow. we're still in Columbus. But uh, that being said, the, one of the main reasons we didn't move to Nashville was I think people would think that you and I were right said Fred. That's very true. And we're too sexy for anything around here. So I, I right think now, it was a good people, move. Most people watching or listening are probably Googling right said Fred. So. <laughs> They're like, did he say right said Fred? Well, how, do you, how do you spell yeah. that? <laughs> and I'm not cool enough to be able to splice that in, like, you know, like Barstool Sports <laughs> kind of stuff. I wish I could, but uh, yeah, later as this thing developed and I have better tools. But uh, <laughs> sure. anyway, how did we meet? Um, I, just for our audience, I, I honestly don't remember. How did you and I meet? Is it Dave Schrader? I think may have been the, the connecting point. I think it may have been, yeah. Um, and I honestly don't remember the day or the circumstances. I think it had something to do with the the marathon that's in. Right. Uh, the, is it Nashville Marathon? Right. Uh, it was a half, right. But... Okay, it was a half. Um, you ran it. I didn't. Um, <laughs> and then I think we all met up at dinner, and that's when I was introduced to you. So you and your lovely wife, and it was right. great. Right. We did that. We had a great night. And um, and that was about 40 pounds ago. So, yeah. well, OK, great. So <laughs> thank you, COVID. <laughs> no. Uh, so let's start off, man. I, I first of all, and again, this is unscripted, so who knows where this will go. But yeah. um, one of the things I'm fascinated and continue to just be so blown away by for you with you is you are so positive, man. And in a world of um, constant negativity, um, and I listed all the accolades and all the, the things and titles that you have. But um, one of the things that I've we've stayed connected on over all, all these years is social media 
and you're you're an incredible writer and and uh, i'm so blessed honestly every time you put something out into the world it's a positive thing and the world needs more of that so talk to me about storytelling and you know where do you find your inspiration how do you you know you're, you're obviously you, you have that um passion and gift to be a writer and you do it so well so where do you find that and, and just talk to me a little bit about storytelling because you're so good at it no, oh, thank you. Um, well, I, I don't know who I heard this quote from, and we can look it up later, but someone had a quote that said that it's impossible to hate somebody if you take the time to hear their story. Um, so I think that as I developed writing, and I've been a writer for a while, I used to write for television news and um, radio news, and so I did like, you know, the news stuff back when I had anchor hair. Um, but uh, but but then when I started when blogging became a thing and I started blogging, I, I've even looked back at when I began and I, I wasn't really telling stories. I was just trying to dazzle you with my sentences. Um, but you know you have to find your way and humble beginnings are okay. Um, but I think slowly I started developing that back to that quote that it that it's impossible to hate someone and you can even go back a little further than that. It's impossible to even. Um, blow people off or act like they don't exist or um, be in your own world. Um, it just opens up your world so much more when you tell stories. Um, and, you know, just as I've gotten older, I think um, when I when I went into my late 40s and early 50s, um, you know, it just became a thing with me that, that there's so much noise out there and so much negativity uh, that why, why don't we just tell stories and see if we can find some sort of connection there. And uh, I, it has opened up worlds that I never knew existed um, just from telling stories, just meeting people and having people, you know, uh, feedback. You, you know, when you get that kind of feedback, you're like, oh, I can't believe that one person was touched by this that much. And that makes it all worth it. Absolutely. I agree. And, and as you know, I put my, my blog on ice for a long time and I, I've missed that. Um, yeah. You know yourself i mean there's we met because of dave schrader whom i met because of my blog because of because you know and, and i think wow. it, it's amazing when you step into those opportunities and something as simple as a blog and i think blogging is somewhat archaic now it seems like it's maybe going away or mm -hmm. it's not it's not as cool as it used to be or whatever that might be um it still has value and it's still yeah look if, if, if a guy like you and a guy like myself can connect uh, because of our blogs man it's worth it like you absolutely. said it's worth putting out absolutely yeah and and a couple of years ago i decided to just stop looking at numbers too there was a time where i was like hey i wonder how many people are reading this and i tried to get algorithms and i tried to um and that was a that was a mistake because it actually changed the way i wrote i was trying to write to get attention or um you know if something didn't hit as much wow well, i guess i didn't miss, hit the mark on that maybe i could have written the sentence better or and I, I forgot all of that. And I just said, just write what you feel, what you're experiencing, um, you know, uh, keeping those principles that you already have in mind, which is storytelling and how this can affect one person. Um, it doesn't matter how many people are reading it. It really doesn't. You're putting it out in the world. You're being creative. You're doing what God intended you to do. Yeah, uh, man, I, that's so true. And, and especially anyone that has not blogged or those that have blogged will absolutely agree with you. It's the one that you think is going to hit the grand slam. 
that fails miserably. <laughs> it's the one that you think is so stupid, but you're just filling a space because you figure people are waiting on another one from you. Yeah, it blows yeah. up. It, it, there's no rhyme or reason for it. Yeah. And of course, the, the most touching moments are when it actually changes somebody. Um, last, last week or a couple of weeks ago, I wrote a blog about a funeral I attended. Um, and the funeral was an ice cream social. Uh, apparently this woman's biggest wish was when she passes away, just serve ice cream and talk and be together. And I walked into this room and I could not believe, first of all, the amount of ice cream. Um, and second of all, just the way people did connect. I mean, even in the middle of the, the virus, there were people connecting in different ways and talking and laughing about her. And um, so I wrote that one and, you know, it was just basically moderate response um, until someone I went to high school with emailed me and said, hey, my dad passed away a couple of weeks ago and because of your blog, we served ice cream. Wow. And that, you know, it's that like hits, right, away, right? right away, I said, I don't care if anybody else read it. She no. read it and right. she acted. How cool yeah. is that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I went to a, a high school reunion. I won't mention the number, uh, but I went to a high school <laughs> reunion a few years ago. Um, so we've since had like one or two more. Um, but but honestly, I walked in and people are walking up to me that I haven't seen since high school. And they're telling me, man, I follow you. I read this, I read that. And again, my mine has not been as active. But at the time, I'm like, wow, I mean, I, again, I didn't think anybody read this. And like you said, I think when you first start, you are a stat watcher and you're a number watcher and you're, you, you're, it's almost like the stocks you live in, you know, you live in and die by how your numbers were the day before. And then I think yeah. you do reach a point for most people. Now, some people are referring this for the business and I've never been in for that. And I know you're not either. It's just more or less, let me just, let me just change the world as much as I can with my little circle of influence. And I, it's it's powerful when people come up and say, "Man, that thing you wrote," and they quote something you wrote. Like, and you've you've, and, we'll, and I'll talk about this in a minute. You've you've actually put books out into this space, but um, you know, I, I've never done that. But um, for somebody to quote you, you're like, "Man, I like wrote that in the middle of the night in my pajamas. <laughs> I couldn't sleep, and I thought I'd throw this out there." You know, yeah, that's yeah. powerful. So storytelling is, we need more of that in the world. And we, we need less noise and more stories because there's great stories. Um, Absolutely. So speaking of stories, talk about Tale of Two Kitties uh, because it's awesome. My girls loved that book and we still, <laughs> oh, great. We still, we still have it. Um, so talk about Tale of Two Kitties. Well, I, I learned a lot of lessons on this book. It was a children's book and uh, it sat on my computer for probably six years, you know, and I'd keep going back to it going, wow, I feel like I have something here, but you know, uh, just didn't put the time into it. And it really just, when it was finally finished and actually became a book, it really taught me that, why did I wait so long? Like, you know, I let those voices of you're not good and you shouldn't write and you're not an author. And yeah. uh, I let all those voices in and, um, uh, the biggest lesson I learned from that is if you've got a book or if you've got an idea, just get it out there, write it, you know, and ask for help if it's not perfect. You know, there's so many people that will come forward and help you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a book. It's all, it's already 10 years old, which is amazing. Wow. Um, my girl, my girls were 10 and now they're 20. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and the bad part about waiting to finish it too, is even when they were 10, they were like, Oh, this is cute, but it would have been better for them when they were like six or seven, you know, they were like, <laughs> yeah. so when are you going to write Harry Potter? <laughs> <You know? laughs> Right, right. <laughs> like, hey, kid, don't push it. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but it was a fun project, and I, I, I will do more of that. Well, I love it, and and, and again, this is unscripted, so uh, you know. But anybody, and before we 
get off of here and before uh, when I push the post up, um, I'll have the links for everything that we talk about because I do want people to, I'd love for people, especially people with young kids. Uh, it's a great book. It's just fun and it's the art, the, the color, the artwork, everything's awesome. It's mm -hmm. my, my girls absolutely love that book. So yeah, great. Um, and we'll circle back to Girl Dad because that's before we get off of here for sure. But um, I wanted to ask you about working for Dave Ramsey. Number one, I've heard it's the greatest, you know, it was always in the top five places to work in, 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 um, in Nashville. And uh, I will preface it with, a, I'm gonna run through the story as quick as I can, but when I was um, single, um, before I got married, I, I ran up debt to the tune of, and I'm gonna tell this to the world, uh, and I think I've actually, I wrote a blog post ironically enough about it that did very well one time without the intention of doing it, I think I was just cleansing myself, but, uh, mm -hmm. um, $30,000 in debt. And, and it was wow. literally uh, credit card after credit card. They got me. Um, I would, would you know, the next one would come in the mail and say, hey, pay off all your credit cards at zero interest. And I'm like, okay, I'll pay off all those. But I never got rid of the old ones. And before you knew it, that one was up to five. And then that's, and then before you knew it, I was up to my ears in debt. Um, I had I purchased a car um, and, and I, one of my roommates at the time had a, a Grand Am. And I'm like, I want a Grand Am now. So I went to the Grand Am dealer and I, and I walked in and they said, oh yeah, we can sell you a Grand Am, not a problem at all. Well, I learned the lesson of negative equity uh, because I owed more on the one that I had brought in, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then, you know, a couple, maybe a year or so went by and I wanted a Pathfinder. And so I went to Bedford Nissan in Bedford, Ohio, and I walked in and I test drove it. And I, I had convinced myself I'm going to buy this. And uh, I sat down with the finance manager of all people. And he said, here's what you're going to do. I'm going to hand you your keys and you're going to walk out of here. And he said, I could sell you a car today, but I'm not going to help you. He said, you need to walk out of here and you need to pay off that car. And wow. that man changed my life i don't know his name i couldn't i couldn't even pick him out of a lineup right now but i'll never forget what he said because he changed my life and i got my act together we got debt free um with long before dave ramsey so a quick story but that's just my story so can you talk about dave ramsey and how you know working there if if you're and, and i know i don't know what you know rules you have again unscripted um yeah but uh, what's it like working for dave ramsey and, and how passionate are you about a story like mine because it did change my life yeah, yeah, no, it's great. I mean, that's what drives us. That that your story and stories like yours, that's what drives us. And uh, it is it is actually truly amazing to work there. Um, I, I've had a lot of jobs, and uh, and I'm glad I had a lot of those jobs. It's it's interesting how some of the young kids that are working there, this is their first job. They have no idea. They have no, no idea the way the real world is. They don't they don't have any concept of of. Uh, of being in a toxic workplace or one that's so competitive and right. um, it just is such a team I've never never experienced anything like it but I always wished that it was out there um, and I started thinking wow Kurt you invented this there is no <laughs> such thing yeah. um, but since I've been there it really is of course you have your days where you're like ah, I don't want to deal with debt-free people you know it's a job right, right. but but for the most part, the culture is just unbelievable. And it has been a breath of fresh air. And he actually writes about it in the book, Entree Leadership. He writes about the way he uh, created the culture. So I read the book long before I worked there. And what a pleasant surprise it is to be in a place where you read a book about it and, <laughs> right. and it's not fiction. Right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, and I'll just give you one example. Um, in the book, it talks about how uh, a leader cannot uh, let gossip in the building. Right. Um, you will be fired if you gossip. 
And the cool part about that is Dave doesn't have to walk around being the gossip police. We police right. ourselves. That's awesome. And, you know, people are people. You're going to talk. But the minute we cross that line or even come close to that line, we all check ourselves and go, okay, all right, let's talk about something that we can actually do today. And um, if we have a problem, let's talk about, you know, going up to the next level and finding out who can help us with that. Um, instead of just sitting around a wall, water cooler talking about how Aaron is screwing up this week, it does no good. It's a waste yeah. of time, right? Yeah. So and it's just good. been amazing. Um, yeah. And my wife is super jealous because she turned me on to Dave Gramsci and uh, she can't work there because they don't hire spouses. So uh, oh. I got the job there and she didn't. And she's like, what, what is that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you, how did you get the job? So, so Polly got you the job or, or yeah or, well or I worked at Thomas Nelson and Thomas Nelson right. is the publisher of the total money makeover which is Dave's biggest book right and uh, so I got to know the Ramsey organization we'd have little meetings and a lot of phone calls and um, I just got to know people there and I thought I wonder you know would I ruffle feathers if I switched from the publisher actually over to Dave and so I applied and a year or two went by and nothing happened and I thought well I guess I'm never gonna work there and then I just got a call out of nowhere and I had long I had left Thomas Nelson and by then I got a call out of nowhere saying you want to come over and I was like wow it's been like two or three years but okay absolutely <laughs> yeah you know God's timing all right, right. I'm going with it so right. uh, and now I've been there seven years unbelievable I mean yeah. it's been seven years when I was uh, so it's been we've known each other probably 11 right mm -hmm. yeah and I think it was that was the first time we met was uh, was was when we had the uh, uh, the night out and, and then that became an annual thing for us. I told Heather, so that for, for those listening, we used to go down and run the half marathon uh, full in Nashville is insane. The half was bad enough as it was. But every year we would do that, honestly, with the goal of getting to Saturday night where we could go out with this group of people that we're all still friends to this day awesome. that we met through various ways uh, as crazy as that sounds, but the, the goal was the Saturday night. Finally, I said, why don't we just stop running the thing and just go down to Nashville and get dinner with everybody. <laughs> like, right. done there with you this. go. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, uh, you know, and it, but it was, it was a great time and, and, uh, it's been a blessing. You've been a blessing to me. Um, all the, you know, 11 years, man, that's unbelievable. Uh, I know it is a blink. It's absolutely it's great. But it's been it's been really nice watching your family through social media. And this is really what this is like the dream of what social media should be. Right. Um, instead of arguing over how horrible Trump is, um, we can like watch each other's families grow up. And I can see I know when you're going through something, I know it because you're so like transparent. Um, and, and I and I know when you're happy and I know when work really like excites you yeah um and and i just know all that about you because of social media and that is really what it should be it should be yeah. a way to connect uh, even though it's technology and it's not you know face to face and handshake it's still hey it's safer this way right social media right. Um, and it's really the way it, 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 it really is the thing <laughs> yeah exactly so uh so it's been it's been awesome just watching you grow as a man and as a father and uh, when 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 one of your kids got the where the age mine was, I was like, oh, I know exactly what he feels like right now. Right. So uh, it's it's really been really cool. Well, that's a really cool thing. I, I mean, and thank you for that because I, I feel the same. I mean, watching you know the girls go off and uh, their adventures and and um, it's it's really I think there's a difference between social media 
and then real social media. Like, you know what I mean? Like what you're talking mm-hmm. about. I think you got to know people. And because the people that I know, I mean, I just did a call earlier. Uh, so when you, if, if you do watch both of these, you'll see me wearing the same shirt. I don't wear it every day. I just literally am doing back to back. It's a nice shirt. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> it's hey. a great shirt. Hey. <laughs> no, um, no, but, but um, you know, both of these calls have been people that I have met through the internet as creepy as that sounds, I guess. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, um, we've stayed in touch and we really know each other the, again like i like i said earlier today band of brothers um you know we've we've walked through things together we've prayed together over text you know you've sent me one i've sent you one uh we've walked through things and for you to be able to pick up and that's that's powerful i'm not gonna lie uh, for you to be able to pick up what i'm going through without me going through it online because I don't put that online, but I right. might not necessarily put what I normally would put. And for you to catch that, man, that's powerful. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's friendship. And so I give credit to you for that because that's, um, I think the people you know, you know. You you know, I, I just sent a text today, uh, earlier today to somebody and said, you good? Because I could just tell, you know. Uh, and I think that's the difference between following somebody and being a friend with somebody like, a, you know, uh, on social media. Right. That's really good stuff, man. That this is why it's unscripted. I, I love that. I'm gonna take that with me for sure. I'm gonna keep that. <laughs> so let's, it's yours. let's thank you. So let's go to let's go to that. Let me talk about the girls. Uh, I, I was on the, again. I was on an earlier call with somebody who has girls as well. Uh, as you know, I have two, and um, we talked about Kobe and and um, you know I, I wasn't always a Kobe fan. I actually became a Kobe fan in the afterlife, and, and maybe maybe that's going to be true of all of us. At least I hope it is that you leave a legacy. Uh, like he did in, in the in the afterlife of, of his death. But um, the girl dad thing, I think, got us all if we have girls. So, man, no talk to me about being a girl dad. And, and for a girl dad, you have twins. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about having twins and being a girl dad. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they're everything, you know. Um, they're 20 now, and uh, I've got one in the Navy, and I've got one still at home. Uh, she spent a year in college, and now she's back attending college locally. Um, and that was great. I mean, it was like, people were like, are you bummed out? You were an empty nester for nine months. And I'm like, heck no. I was like, <laughs> welcoming her back. Please come back. Yeah. Uh, but I know I, I have to let go. I know, but it, yeah. it's just the house feels different. It really does yeah. when they're not here. So, yeah. um, so, you know, there, it comes with all kinds of worries, especially the one in the Navy because she's on her own and I can't protect her. Um, you know, ironically, she's protecting me. She's protecting all of us. Right. And, um, uh, you know, as a dad, that is just, that is tough because, yeah. um, you want to be there. You want to, you, you want to be there and shelter them from everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course I've got just massive pride for both of them. And, um, I love everything about them. I love their shortfalls. I love their failures. I love their successes. Um, and I just root for them. And, um, you know, you talk about Dave Ramsey. Um, my daughter wanted a new car, the one in the Navy. Um, Emily, um, she wanted a new car and she, she called me and said, dad, uh, you know, things are not good here right now with COVID. Um, a lot of people don't think of the military. COVID has been horrible for the military. Mm. Um, there are ships that have been out at sea for over 200 days because they're trying to be safe. Um, and being on a ship with all these people to, for 200 days, is actually, it becomes suicidal for some sailors. Mm. Um, it's it, it's much worse than being here in the COVID. Um, so um, it, it's been very tough on the military. And my daughter was pretty pretty distraught this night, and she said, "I just want a new car. I don't like what I'm driving." And I was like, 
I was trying to find the connection. I'm like, okay, so you're you're not happy right now. Things are kind of tough. You can't come home. Um, you feel isolated, but you're equating that to wanting a car. Right. And she right. said, yes, because my car is terrible and it stranded me, you know, and it gave me, I got a flat tire, which new cars get flat tires too. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, you know, in her mind though, and I remember being that age, you know, yeah. so my first reaction was no, forget that. All you're trying to do is buy your way out of some kind of trouble or whatever. Um, but she laid out the plan and she said, I could, I could get a loan. I could get a loan and I could pay it off in a year and a half if I do this and this. And she had a plan and it is against all of the principles that we teach. It's against everything that I now believe, but I, but I put myself back when I was that age and I said, she's going to be in this car, not a new car, but a new car to her. Mm -hmm. um, she's going to be in this car and that's like her respite. She can leave her roommate. She can leave the ship. She can be on her own in this right. car that makes her happy eating Taco Bell or whatever kids do. <laughs> right. uh, and so I, and she had a plan. She was like, dad, I make this amount and I can, I can pay it off. And she is, she's staying true to it. She's paying 500 a month on a car that's only 160 a month. Um, and it's going to be paid off in, you know, 12, 13, 14 months. Um, so when she called me though, she was so scared that I was going to just just like rip into her plan and that the, the Dave Ramsey in me was going to come right. out and I was going to be like, you are not going to get a car loan ever. Yeah. Um, and I just said to her, honey, I'm here to listen to you. You are now an adult. You're 20 years old. What you're going to do, you're going to do. I'm your friend at this yeah. point. Let me just tell you what three options you have. You could go ahead and get that car. You could keep the one you have and save up a lot of money and go in and pay cash for that car. And I just laid it out and I said, but I'm not going to tell you which one to do. I'm just going to tell you what I would do if you're asking. Yeah. But you're not asking. You want that. So go for it. And I think that was a real turning point for us because Megan listened to this conversation too. And she was <laughs> like, okay, so dad is not going to put the hammer down necessarily. Yeah. He's just going to give you options and say, look, I'm going to love you either way. Mm -hmm. But here's, here's the truth. And here's how the truth, I, as I see it, you're 20 years old, make a decision. Right. And a uh, real breakthrough. Um, yeah. But long story to say I love them and no matter what they do it's awesome <laughs> yeah you're right you're right right I mean that's uh, it, it's just part of it and it's the greatest uh, it's the greatest joy in my life I could lose yeah. everything everything uh, but those those three and my wife <laughs> you know I you can have the rest of it I don't you know I know the world's in, in chaos right now mm -hmm. You touch those three and my wife, we're going to have a problem. Otherwise, man, I'm good. Um, honestly, I can lose it all and, uh, and I'm good. Um, absolutely. It really is amazing how when you, when you start to really look at all that you've accomplished in your life and all the things that God has worked in your life and you end up saying, what if my purpose was just to have them? Yep. Yep. <laughs> You know, I believe it's scriptural. Uh, I mean, God gave them to God gave them to us for a reason. You know? Yeah, yeah. And they're, always, they're they're all. It's just it's the best. It's yeah. absolutely. The best. It my, really is. But what you said, my mom used to have a phrase that I hated growing up. <laughs> just, uh, she, I would ask her, you know, mom, could I, in your example, could I buy a car? You know, I want to buy this car, and she would say, Do you want me to tell you what you want to hear, or do you want me to tell you the truth? Mm. <laughs> and I always knew. 
it was because the truth wasn't what I wanted to hear. And that was her way of saying, man, I'm totally against whatever it is you're thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'd always say the truth, you know, <laughs> and then walk away <laughs> tail between my legs. But yeah, yeah. Man. I hated that phrase. So, um, man, this is going too fast. We got to do this more often and maybe we don't have to do it where we record it. But a um, couple things real quick before we jump into 80s music, because we got to we got to cover 80s. Absolutely. Music. What is your site um, and is uh, your social media any contact information? Because I'm sure after hearing this, whether it's one person or a thousand people, I don't have again, you and I stopped watching stats a long time ago. Exactly. I don't do it for that. Um, but I, I do put it out there. So if, if there is somebody that wants to get in touch with you, how can they reach you? All right. It's just easy. It's KurtHarding.com. And that's C-U-R-T, KurtHarding.com. You can find everything there. Email addresses, uh, the, the book is on there. Uh, any any kind of way to get a hold of me is right there. So that's it. And I, I'm on Twitter too, at KurtHarding. So yes, he is. Uh, you can find me there too. Typically, or you can just look at either one of our streams because you'll see the song, uh, uh, an 80s song and then equals brilliant. And then brilliant. either Kurt or at Aaron, <laughs> one of the two. So we, so let's talk about that before we get out of here because we got we got like one or two minutes. Uh, 80s music, man. Today's music, what like what's happening? I mean, come on. Uh, I don't know. 80s music. So, so I'm an old FM DJ. That's how I got started in okay. broadcasting. Um, so in the 90s, uh, I was an FM DJ and then a club DJ. And that's how I met my wife. She was a bartender and I was a DJ. I didn't and uh, know that. yes, that's how we met. And uh, so there I was jamming, you know, salt and pepper, push it, and she's down there serving drinks. That's what we. That's that's where we were. Uh, but but eighties music is the best. There's nothing better. I'm so 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 grateful that I grew up when MTV started. Right. I mean, we used to run home from school to see the latest Michael Jackson video. Or uh, remember when Aha came out with the one with the black and white, the cartoon? Oh, I Next mean, level. come on. Next exactly. Level. Yes. So yeah, it's it's still a thing with me. I basically skipped the '90s, which is interesting because now I listen to some '90s music and I go. That wasn't bad. I was still in the 80s. Right, right. <laughs> but I tell you, but, but I do have a bone to pick with you. You don't like Tracy oh. Chapman. Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yeah. Because I could you said you didn't like Tracy Chapman. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. no. She's, she's one of my go-tos. You're thinking of somebody. There's another bald guy in your life. <laughs> There's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's another well, show. Chapman was the bomb. I mean, honestly, that first one, next level. Honestly, uh, there's nothing better. Nothing yeah, better. The, the Promise is my favorite song. Awesome. Yeah. Or, or the cover to now, now we're going to get into a whole people just, people just hit stop <laughs> or people are gone. This, talking. Uh, this no. is awesome. So this woman, this woman sits behind me in the, the queue behind me at Ramsey and she goes, I heard that you were a DJ. When were you a DJ? And I go, uh, that would have been 1989. She goes, Oh, I was born in 96. I was like, Oh, <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> you missed it all. That's you right, missed it all. Right. But thanks for making me fast. feel like an old guy. Yeah. It goes too fast. Like our time today, it goes too fast. We got to do this again. Um, I, we need to probably just do it and not, and not record it. But um, man, thank you for being on. Um, thank you for being so positive. Always. Always. I've never heard you say a negative thing. Even on social media and Twitter. I don't ever see you say anything negative in the culture and time that we're in. I've never seen a tweet from you that was negative. Um, and that takes skill because just reading the social media, you want to respond or you want to 
you want to not join in, but it just, man, it, it gets you going. And so thank you, thank you, thank you for being you, for being a storyteller, for being so positive and for being on. Um, I really appreciate it. I know some, it's going to bless somebody else just like those posts you write. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. This is really a lot of fun. Let's do it a lot. All right, man. <laughs> All right. Tell Polly and the girls <laughs> I said hi. And uh, we love you. We'll talk to you soon, man. All right. See ya. Bye. This has been the latest episode of the Unscripted Podcast with your host, Aaron Conrad, from his studio at the Junction in Old Hilliard. Make sure to like, share, follow, and review on your favorite podcast platforms. Also, make sure to check out my song, Great and Mighty One, on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your music. We'll be back with another great guest soon. We'll see you next time.